This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Patton Stew, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. Oh, only six more days left of this freaking election talk, and then we'll be free. We'll be free of polls and whether or not he's going to win and where the she's going to win. And what do you think is going? I don't care. They're both so freaking horrible. What does it matter? I don't care. There, I've said it. Uh, I've been saying this for a while. Uh, I actually saw David Harsani wrote a column uh, that had echoed a, a similar sentiment today. Which really? Is, this is the least important election in American history. I think by far. I, I mean, no matter which way you go, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And, so, like, it's, and people are like, well, but it's important. I mean, you have these horrible consequences. Yeah, but either choice is a horrible consequence. Yeah. So... The point of an election is not necessarily like you know where you go. It's a matter of what what the difference between good and bad is. No, it's like one, if the guy running against Hitler was also a genocidal maniac, it would not have been that important of an election. You're right. right? I am mean, like you've just compared <laughs> Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump to Nazis. Yep. Tate off Hitler. That's what I do here. That's, yeah, that's, that's what we do here. We compare people to Nazis. It's our jobs. <laughs> it's actually written into our contracts. Uh, so oh, what are you going to do? You know how it always ends. I got to a head. bullet in the head. Yeah, that's what yeah, happens in the Nazi head. situation. Yeah. Uh, but it's if this were if this were an election where you had Hillary Clinton versus a true conservative, then it would be the most important election of all time. Yeah. Then it would be a startling difference between two candidates that you okay you can choose the right way or you can choose the wrong way. These are both the wrong way. Or Donald and Trump versus a real conservative. Then it would be a gigantic, uh, right. massive, most right. important election ever. Um, if he was right. running in the party that he belongs. But here you've got a guy proposing universal health care to a woman who's proposing universal health care. you got a guy proposing a trillion-dollar stimulus package to a woman who's proposing a $250 million stimulus package. You've got each of them proposing uh, child care and all kinds of ancillary programs yep. that are going to cost even more money and, and plunge us deeper into debt and worsen the economy. I, I mean... And then, and then you've got Republicans. You've got to vote against Hillary. Why he's actually proposing worse programs? Worse currently, currently, not from 2010 or 1999. Currently proposing 
worse programs mm-hmm. than she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she's incredibly horrible, too. It's not to she's minimize horrible. that. She's also right. corrupt. But let's not forget, he's obviously also corrupt as well. I mean, you know, we've gone through many of the you know reasons why he is and has been throughout his entire life. Um, and, you know, no need to rehash them all because, you know, we've done that. In fact, what we there is a need to rehash Hillary Clinton's scandals, which we will do momentarily. Uh, so maybe that's a little bit of a double standard. But the point is that it would be nice to, uh, uh, to we, we could go through all of that stuff. The issue here, of course, is um, there's not much difference. There's not much light. I mean, honestly, it, this guy gets into office. The last thing in the world he's going to do is try to pass conservative things. He's going to pass these liberal things mm-hmm. because, A, he'll look better. It'll help the Trump brand. Uh, his daughter will be happy with him. Uh, he will go out there and do all the things that he has claimed to do. Remember, this is not a guy who I have to tell you, you know what, he's going to get in there and, and he's going to propose a stimulus four times as big as Hillary. You'd never believe me in a normal circumstance. Thankfully, he's come out and already said he's going to do it. So I don't have to convince you. He's saying he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you can sit here and justify this all you want. But uh, Yeah, but you know. you're just getting that from him. Well, yes, him, him. Yeah, I, uh, and not not one of his surrogates. You got it no, directly from him. Directly from him, which actually does make it considerably less reliable. <laughs> I will admit. Uh, <laughs> I I, uh, I was uh, getting lunch yesterday and ran into a you know, listener of, of the show, uh, and he's like, you know, I I've been listening to you guys all the time, and and I, you know, I'm I'm still struggling with my vote. He's like, you know, I I kind of I kind of want to vote McMullen. He's like, but I'm, you know, I'm afraid. I mean, they, everyone always says you're wasting your vote, and, and what do you think? And I said, well, first of all, like I, I you know, I, and this is, I say, I tell, I tell people this all the time. A, I obviously don't, I really don't care who wins this election. They're both terrible. Um, I have fears on both sides, and I don't know which ones would come to fruition even more. But you know, I don't really try to convince people to vote my way. I haven't even told you what my way is yet. I still, uh, there's, I think I made my mind up, but until I actually cast my vote, I don't think I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to consider myself undecided. I know it's not going to be Donald Trump. I know it's not going to be Hillary Clinton. Um, And, you know, I I said, you know, I think you have to look at if you can get over some of these humps, right? There's a lot of humps that people have. Oh, well, I think uh, like I have a a big barrier in the idea that I think there's any possibility that Donald Trump would be conservative or do anything better than Hillary Clinton. I don't think he would. I think he would be as bad or worse a president as Hillary Clinton. So people say, well, why don't you suck it up and vote for him? Well, I think he would be as bad or worse. That's why I don't do it. If you think he's going to be better, you should freaking vote for him. If this guy has convinced you somehow that he's going to be better than uh, any other dirtbag Democrat, well, then vote for the guy. I don't care. I, mean, I, I don't care. But uh, the problem I do have is this idea that it's not your vote. We'll talk about this with taxes. You know, you have a t- if, if the government is going to charge you $10,000 in taxes and then they, there's a tax cut and now you're paying $9,000 in taxes, the left looks at this as that has cost the government $1,000. In other words, it was their $10,000, and now they only have $9,000. You've cost the government $1,000. I look at that as it's my $10,000, and now they're taking only 9000 of it instead of ten. They're taking a little bit less of my money. If you look at the world that way, and I think you do if you're a conservative, you have to look at it the same way with your vote. Is your vote Donald Trump's that you're taking away from him to give to a third party candidate? Or is the vote yours that Donald Trump or any third party candidate has to earn? Is it your vote or is it his? Are you taking that vote away from him or is it yours to apply to who you think is best? And I think almost all conservatives would agree 
outside of the vote context with that with that in theory. It's just a matter of people are so locked into this third party, third, uh, two party system that they can't see any. They can't see past it. But it's like, Pat, if you the idea with the two party thing, you got to vote with one of these guys is because only two of them have a chance to win. That is what is proposed all the time. Only two of them have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you should only vote for a candidate that has a chance to win. Correct. Mm-hmm. So if you are a Republican in Washington, D.C., Hillary Clinton has a 99.9999999999% chance of winning. She's going to win Washington, D.C. It's a 100% chance. There's almost no way she could lose Washington, D.C. unless uh, everyone stays home and only one per- only Donald Trump goes out and votes or so. Only one, uh, one of his surrogates goes out and votes. We know for, sh- for a fact that Donald Trump will lose Washington, D.C., so should you, what should you do as a Republican in Washington, D.C.? Do you look at that and you say, well, only one candidate has a chance to win, so therefore I should support Hillary Clinton. I should take my vote and apply it to Hillary Clinton because only one candidate actually has a chance to win. No, you'd never make that you'd case. You'd never make that case. You only make that case when you want your party mm. to get the vote. And, you know, no one would say you should leave your should you leave your principles because only one candidate has a chance to win. If, let's say, you're in Utah and you're a big supporter of Donald Trump and Evan McMullen was at 40 percent and Hillary Clinton was at 40 percent and Donald Trump was at five. Let's just say it it came out that way. Would you say, you know what, you got to vote for Evan McMullen? No, you should vote for your person. You should vote for who you think is going to be the best president. And, you know, it's a ridiculous standard to say that your vote should be applied in a way that doesn't make you feel comfortable. If you can get over the hump, if you think Mm -hmm. the R after Donald Trump's name magically makes him more uh, conservative than Hillary Clinton outside of the policy, outside of the spending, outside of everything he says. It's amazing how many people feel that way. Yeah, right. It's amazing. I think it's amazing, too. I I talked to another friend who's like, you know, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump because um, I'm voting for the whole administration, not just him. Mm-hmm. For example, he'll fill in people who are generally speaking Republican and things will be a little bit more Republican. I can respect that viewpoint and I, and I certainly respect him. He's a smart guy. But I mean, I don't see how there's any reason to believe that would occur. Look at the way Republicans are acting just because he's the nominee. They're not even working for him. Mm-hmm. They're all sitting here ignoring trillion dollar stimulus programs, $680 billion for free health care and free maternity leave, uh, uh, funding Planned Parenthood. None of these people are even being critical of it, let alone standing up and trying to stop it. They're all just rolling along with him, and he's not even president yet. Yeah. When he's president, they're not going to put up any resistance to this. You know, the most vitriolic guy for Trump on the radio railed and railed and railed against the stimulus plan for Obama, right? I mean, that, that was one of the worst things ever proposed, had to be stopped, we got to stop this. Now, an even bigger stimulus plan is being proposed by his guy. And what's he saying about it? Nothing that I've heard. I haven't heard him defend it or, no, or just say it. anything about it. He's and just that's ignoring so nervous. It. It's like if they were out I here mean, being critical and being like, look, we got to hold his feet to the but We want him to get an office and we're not going to dismiss him because uh, we 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 know what if he wins, we're going to have to have somebody. We there. would do that yeah. if it was our guy. And we have yeah. done that when it was our guy, yeah. Ted Cruz, who's on TPTP. And we asked him about it. Why are you supporting TPP? Well, because based on what I currently know about it, what I'm being told about it, it sounds like a decent proposal. Right. He found out more information 
changed his point of view, and we asked him about that, too. Yeah, but well, I we mean, did not support his support for TPP. The better example, I think, is Trump. I mean, you know, look, every, we got hammered by people who were Cruz supporters who thought we were too tough on Cruz over his Trump endorsement. Yeah, um, yeah, that is. You yeah, know, right. I mean, that's as pure as it gets. We could have easily right. gone on and go, you know what, Don, you know what, our guy Ted Cruz is on board, so we're on board, too. Well, no. And we can't freaking win on any of it. I mean, it, when we stuck to our principles there, it was like, oh, how can you say that about Ted Cruz? That's what you're too mean to Ted Cruz. You should go. You leave him alone. Yeah. Leave Ted Cruz well, alone. I mean, the Good bottom gosh, line, the man. truth here is with, no winning. with a very small um, uh, exception. And I think this audience is, is you know, largely speaking, is that exception. Again, this guy that you guys voted Donald Trump into the douche hall of fame and made him the grand nozzle. So we understand where most of the audience Correct. stands here. The issue, however, is that in reality, people don't care about principles this close to an election. They want their hand held. They want their hand held. People who are mm-hmm. going to hold your hand and tell you how wonderful your decision is are going to win. Yeah, that's uh, not us. In, we're not cuddly like that. No, we're, we're not cuddly. I mean, look at, I mean, look, look, at who's on the show. look at Jeffy. Look, 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 at, look at this guy. Look at I mean, uh, is this a cuddly show? No. No, it isn't. He is pretty hot. Look at him. I will say. Look at him. Look at him. This is not cuddle time. Right. People, do, I mean... It's it, you know it's just not what right. we do, and I I mean maybe we were fooling no. ourselves. I will say that you know I mean the audience is there. I mean our ratings are there. I, you know, it's just I think there's an issue with you know it's it, it, I'm surprised at how many times I've been disappointed by people. Yeah, and again I I'm not even talking about like you know like Mark Levin, here's a good example Mark Levin Mark Levin comes out and he's critical highly critical of Donald Trump the entire time. And now he's made a case that, you know what, I'm going to vote, I'm going to suck it up and vote for Trump, but I still think he's awful. I can completely accept that p- p- point of view. Mm-hmm. I, compl- I, I, I am totally fine with that. I, I understand it. Mm-hmm. He will, and you know what, Mark Levin, when he proposes a trillion dollar stimulus, I bet you, and I don't know this for a fact because I don't listen every night, um, but I, I'm sure Levin has criti- criticized that proposal. He has. He has? Yeah. Has and he really? I, I believe Good. it because he's one Good. of the few people who apparently cares Good. about principle. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it's the easiest thing in the world. You get a hall pass. Others will if make we, excuses. They've made excuses for other plans that they've never believed in before. Right. They're and like, I, oh, yeah, I, this is great. Maybe it's time And the for this overwhelming proposal. majority of the audience <laughs> would give us a pass on not criticizing him on a stimulus pack, pack program right now. They would say, you know what? It was an election. It was close. It was Hillary. What are you going to do? Most, I, there is no risk to us coming out and saying Donald Trump is wonderful. There's no risk to it because most people in the talk radio audience will say, yeah, that period sure did suck. I understand they did what they had to do. It's much harder to do what we're doing, which is trying to be honest with you. And I, you know, the idea is that in in the end, you, you hope you're going to it's going to work out right. And that people will, will, you know, say, you know what, that was a tough stance to take, and, and you took it, and I appreciate that. I know I reward shows who do those sorts of things. I know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could be the difference. I mean, we know we're in this business. Maybe we're wrong on that. I don't know. But I also, here's the thing, and this is the most important thing, because people will call us all the time, like, hey, you guys are, I hope you appreciate being the, the media source no one cares about anymore because you're, you won't support Trump. Here's the thing about those, those criticisms, and they're interesting, but I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. We're not calculating I this. I don't care. It, if it's you, not it, calculated. It just is. Yeah, we I, just say what we right. really believe. If it means, and it, maybe we've That's, been beat this in the head by uh, Glenn I mean, for so long that we, we, we stupidly believe it. But if it comes down to the idea that no one wants to listen to a principled opinion, I'll go do something else. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't. If I have to sit here 
and come out and argue with you every day and say, you know what, I really think a great idea would be a 45% tariff on China because it will work <laughs> out really well. I would not want to be in the business. I didn't get into this business to argue for those things. I didn't get into this line of work to bury my opinion because a bunch of people say, well, it's going to hurt you financially if you don't. The reason you get into talk radio is the exact opposite because you want to be the badass who stands up for his opinion even when it is going to hurt you. That is why you do this. Any anyone who goes into these positions and 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 will fold uh, to whatever the thing of the day is, whatever grandiose conservative media movement rules for that month. I mean, anybody can do that. Yeah. You, you you need nothing to accomplish that. And you know what? You might be able to make some money doing it, but I, I don't. I'd rather do something else. I know. I mean, that's why I, I I just don't care about the L.A. Times poll. I I, I don't care. It's uh, Trump's yeah, ahead in the poll. L.A. Times poll. He's been ahead right? in the, almost the whole time. He, right? Yeah, and he's really up by five since, or uh, five points now. So whatever. Um, also, in a in a uh, youth poll, a poll from uh, school kids, fifty seven thousand students from three hundred schools in Iowa oh. uh, were polled, and they came out in favor of Trump. To buy 10 points. I don't care about that either. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you, would, you would care if it was Clinton, though. Because no. you're a big Clinton care supporter that you got that big check. But I will say it's somewhat interesting because they're obviously getting this from their parents. Right? Uh, it see, probably, I, 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 don't think I like the school polls because a lot of times those are accurate. I think, though, that's only accurate in a scenario where a celebrity isn't running. I mean, in, in a world where there's two, John Kerry and George W. Bush... You have two boring people that yeah. no one knows they're, anything they're about. That from their parents. They're getting that from their parents. They only know Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton is is a not is a, is is George Bush, a nonsensical mm. politician that they don't care about. And Donald Trump is the guy they've been watching on TV for years. Yeah, you know he's the guy. Who, it might be that. You know, I think it's more that. It might be we'll that. I, although I think he will probably. But I would win say Iowa. this probably looks like uh, he's like Trump is going to win Iowa. I think he's going to win Iowa separate from this. I, I you know, and, I and then George P. Bush says he's going to vote for Hillary. Maybe I, I don't care I don't about care that. that who I don't cares? care who the Bush family votes for. I, I don't care. Um, uh, <laughs> Google searches for uh, change early vote. Now that I cared about because I heard Trump saying it yesterday. That you can go out and you can change your vote. Go ahead and change your vote in Wisconsin, Michigan, and a couple other states. I, I forget what he mentioned, but four states. I thought, well, that, that is not true. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't that know it either. That is buffoonery again from this guy. <laughs> is anybody going to call him on it? So I Googled it. I looked it up. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Bizarre. Sure enough. It's a bizarre. I mean, it's and that true. Is a I've good, never heard of that before. It's kind of a good. Um, never heard of it. A good check and balance for the early voting. I would yeah. say it's actually kind of a good rule. I don't know yeah. how they do it exactly. I'd be interested in the technical process Are that you, allows it. Uh, you must have to go to the county clerk's office or something, and it's probably a hassle. But I, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Interesting. I, I, I mean, maybe it's, look into it. I you guess, should have because I'm kind of interested in that. Uh, but you didn't know that either. Nope, never heard that before. That's really fascinating. I mean, I think it's it's more of a... And by the way, the, the article is Google searches for change early vote search. Well, yeah, because one of the two main candidates was saying it on stage. Of course they're searching. <laughs> right. I mean, no one had ever right. heard of it before, and now they're seeing yeah, it. Nobody mean, believed him. I, at least I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought, no, nah, that's ludicrous. You can't do that. All right, 888 back. More Pat and Stu coming up in a minute. You know, your current phone carrier might be using your money right now to uh, support Hillary Clinton's campaign to support Planned Parenthood. You, you don't want that to happen, but right now you don't have any choice in it. 
If you're with one of the other carriers other than Patriot Mobile, you don't have a choice. I know so many in the audience fight so hard against um, you know organizations like you know uh, the, using an example like the Tides Foundation yeah. that uh, take money and funnel it to all these uh, real progressive uh, institutions, and then they do damage to our country. Um, it's funny because uh, people unknowingly, unwittingly, were involved in some of that funding by giving money to these big phone companies who then redirect it to their charity of choice. And, of course, we all know these companies. They all feel wonderful about donating money to progressive causes and never to conservative ones. That's why Patriot Mobile exists, to be frank about it. Um, Patriot Mobile offers the same great service you get from your current phone provider with nationwide talk and text with high-speed 4G LTE data and competitive prices, really great prices, and they will uh, donate up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. That way you're not supporting somebody you don't believe in. You get the same quality service. You get all the same phones. It's, it's an awesome service, and they'll pay up to $350 in fees to switch you over if you're locked into a contract. Plus, you get this $50 credit, too. It's just it's awesome. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze. PatriotMobile.com slash Blaze or 877-367-7524 and do that now while you're thinking about it. The experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. It's Paxton. 888-727-BECK. Well, just in case you were thinking, I can't vote for Trump, but gosh, should I vote for Hillary? Uh, the answer to that is no. <laughs> and here's a little piece of why. Just a little reminder for you. Uh, this is segment number three in our serial on Hillary Clinton. The year 1992. Bill Clinton was a young and obscure multi-term governor from a very small state. At first, it seemed the American people were pretty uninterested. Clinton's poll numbers at the start of his candidacy were under 2%. He had gained some momentum by the beginning of the primary season, but still finished a distant third in the 1992 Iowa caucus. As New Hampshire drew closer, Clinton was polling far behind Massachusetts Senator Paul Songus, and the Clinton women scandals were already catching up to them. The name Jennifer Flowers was now everywhere in the news. Bill and Hillary knew they had to do something to change the momentum. So after Super Bowl 26, the Clintons appeared together on 60 Minutes to address the allegations being made by the woman named Jennifer Flowers, who claimed she had a 12-year affair with Bill. The Clintons knew full well that a poor showing would end his candidacy. Who is Jennifer Flowers? How would you describe your relationship? 
you know, friendly, but limited. I had, I met her uh, in the late 70s when I was attorney general. Uh, and she was one of a number of young people who were working for the television stations around Little Rock. Uh, she left our state, uh, and for years I didn't really hear from her and know what she was doing. Was she a friend, an acquaintance? Does your wife know her? Oh, yes, sir. She was an acquaintance, I would say a friendly acquaintance. Uh, when this story, this rumor story got started in the middle of 1980, uh, and she was contacted and told about it, she was so upset, and she called back and she said, how can I be listed on this? I've, I haven't seen you for more than 10 minutes in 10 years. Or she would call the office, or I'd call her back there at the office, or I'd call her back at the house. And There's nothing uh, out of the ordinary there. She's a legend and is described in some detail in a supermarket tabloid, which she calls a 12-year affair with you. It, that allegation is false. Bill and Hillary's performance was convincing. You know, I'm not sitting here as some little woman standing by my man like Tammy Wynette. I'm sitting here because I love him, and I respect him, and I honor what he's been through and what we've been through together. And you know, if that's not enough for people, then heck, don't vote for him. When the voting in New Hampshire was over, Bill had severely cut into Songus's double-digit lead. As convinced as the American people had been by the Clintons in that 60 Minutes interview, and they were convinced. Bill Clinton has got to level with the American people tonight. Otherwise, his candidacy is dead. You feel like you've leveled with the American people? I have absolutely leveled with the American people. We're going to do the best we can to level with people, and then we're going to let them make up their minds, because I think if the American people get a chance, and if they're trusted to exercise their vote right, because people talk to them about real issues, this country will be okay. That's what we're betting on, and we're just going to roll the dice and see what happens. You called it a gamble. Uh, you came here tonight to try and put it behind you. You're going to get on the plane when you walk out of this room and go back to New Hampshire. You think you've succeeded? And that's up to the American people and to some extent up to the press. History has proven that the Clintons had not leveled with the American people, that in fact virtually everything they said in that interview were lies. As we later, in 1998, discovered that Bill Clinton admitted under oath he had indeed been having an affair with Jennifer Flowers. But she was just the tip of the iceberg, and it was a titanic-sized iceberg. There had been women other than Hillary before Jennifer Flowers, and there would be many after. In the late 70s, an Arkansas nursing home administrator and Clinton supporter, Juanita Broderick, was to meet with Clinton in a Little Rock hotel lobby. Bill asked if they could instead meet in her hotel room to avoid a crowd of reporters. She agreed. She has said that she regretted that decision ever since. Broderick claims that when they got to her hotel room, Clinton raped her. Then what happens? Then he tries to kiss me again. And the second time he tries to kiss me, he starts biting on my lip. He starts to uh, bite on my top lip. She says, quote, it was real panicky, panicky situation. I was even to the point where I was getting very noisy, yelling, please stop. But he didn't. Afterward, Bill Clinton headed for the door. When everything was over with, when he got up and straightened himself and I was crying at the moment and uh, he walks to the door and calmly puts on his sunglasses and his, before he goes out the door he says you better get some ice on that 
And he turned and went out the door on your lip. Yeah. How does this have anything to do with Hillary? Well, two weeks after the alleged rape, Broderick, who had been scheduled to attend a fundraising event for Bill, feeling responsible for the attack because she had let him into the hotel room, did show up at the event. There she encountered a determined, and to Juanita, frightening Hillary Clinton. I almost got nauseous when she came over to me. And she came over to me, took a hold of my hand, and said, I've heard so much about you. And I've been dying to meet you, or been wanting to meet you. I can't, this is paraphrasing right now. And she said, I just want you to know how much that Bill and I appreciate what you do for him. And I said, well, thank you. And I started to turn and walk away. This little soft-spoken, pardon me for the phrase, dowdy woman, that was seen very unassertive, took a hold of my hand and squeezed it and said, do you understand everything that you do? And I got my hand from hers and I left. How hard was she? She was really squeezing. Yes. She was just holding on to my hand. She didn't because I had started to turn away from her and she held on to my hand and she said, do you understand everything that you do? I mean, cold chills went up my spine. That's the first time I became afraid of that woman. In 1991, Paula Jones was an Arkansas state employee. Apparently, one of the state troopers that allegedly procured women for Clinton while he was governor, in a scandal that became known as Troopergate, overheard her say that she wouldn't mind being Clinton's mistress. So, on May 8th, she was escorted by the trooper to Clinton's hotel room, where he allegedly propositioned and exposed himself to her. The advances were unwelcome, and Jones sued just before the statute of limitations expired. Clinton won the first round as a judge ruled that Jones could not show any damages from the incident. Jones appealed, and eventually Clinton paid Paula Jones $850,000 to drop the suit. In 1993, a White House volunteer under extreme financial distress, Kathleen Willey, came to the Oval Office to seek Bill's help in procuring paid employment. Instead of offering help, Clinton sexually assaulted her. Willey wound up becoming an unwilling participant in the Paula Jones case. Then, a 21-year-old unpaid intern came to work at the White House in June 1995. This seemingly insignificant occurrence would begin a chain of events that would lead to the impeachment of the President of the United States of America for only the second time in our nation's history. The unpaid intern's name was Monica Lewinsky. By November, she and the President had started the sexual affair that would rock the White House. It continued for several years until the relationship finally came to light after Lewinsky shared details with a friend, a civil servant named Linda Tripp. Tripp had worked just outside the Oval Office and right next to the office of Hillary Clinton in the West Wing. She recorded what Lewinsky had told her and eventually went to the press with the story. Newsweek had the story but decided not to run with it. However, such was not the case on the burgeoning Internet. And an unknown and up-and-coming website called The Drudge Report. In 1998, Drudge ran with the story and blew it wide open. 
Eventually, there were hearings and lies to prosecutors and, in the end, impeachment proceedings. Hillary addressed the issue, blaming the right. The great story here for anybody willing to find it and write about it and explain it is this vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he announced for president. Bill addressed the issue in no uncertain terms. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. But one year later, Bill addressed the issue again. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part, for which I am solely and completely responsible. Linda Tripp has said of Bill Clinton that... Everyone knew within the West Wing, particularly those who had spent years with him, uh, of the thousands of women. But again, what does this have to do with Hillary Clinton? Worse, Hillary Clinton not only has always known about it, she made it her personal mission to disseminate information and destroy uh, the women with whom he dallied. From the start, it has been Hillary Clinton at the heart of the Clinton scorched earth policy regarding the women victims of her husband's inappropriate behavior. Judicial Watch found in an effort to discredit the women who charged President Clinton with sexual misconduct, personal files and papers were illegally obtained and released. The courts found under the Privacy Act that the privacy of Linda Tripp and Kathleen Willey had been violated, end quote. This is from a Judicial Watch report citing just a few more than 900 relevant files. Judicial Watch said that Hillary had been linked, quote, directly to the center, end quote, of the controversy. And yet, as she campaigns for president, Hillary Clinton released this amazing public service announcement about sexual assault. I want to send a message to every survivor of sexual assault. Don't let anyone silence your voice. You have a right to be heard and you have a right to be believed. We're with you. A seemingly difficult stance for a woman fighting for women's rights that never believed and instead sought to destroy anyone and everyone that ever accused her husband. Next, the First Lady to the U.S. Senate to the Secretary of State, and now, potentially, the Presidency. Catastrophic now, um, and something you, has to be done. 
something has to be done. I mentioned this earlier. I went out to uh, my car, uh-huh. uh, and it was 115 degrees. 115. And then I, I mm. came back in. I was like, wow, it's hot out there. And I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot something else. And I turned around, went back out the door, right. turned the car, mm. 14 degrees outside. 14? And it dropped 101 in, degrees. Wow, in Dallas? In Dallas wow. in three seconds. Wow. And by the time I got to the car, it was 200 degrees. <laughs> Those are wild swings. I don't care that's, who you are. That's weather weird. I, I, don't, I don't care, care where, where you live. Care. Those are wild it's swings. Unprecedented. It's yeah. unprecedented. Yeah, it's unprecedented. Uh, and what is it now? I mean, goodness only knows what it is out there now. Could be a hurricane out there now. Or it could be completely calm or and normal. Or could be calm Which is and normal and the 70 sign, degrees. The biggest sign of global warming is, normality. is when, it, when it feels normal outside. Because you know it isn't. Because you know it isn't, and it's just the calm before the storm. <laughs> Bubbling just underneath the surface is unbelievable chaos that's going on right now. It is happening. We can't wait 100 years. It's happening now. That's why we have to do something. That's why we have to act. We have to do everything. Yeah, and we are. Something We're, and everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, a little uh, clip of him again with uh, Climate Change Watch. So the basic idea is that we want to tax bad activities that have negative side effects on other people in society. So we raise the price of cigarettes by putting a tax on cigarettes. People are going to consume fewer cigarettes. Climate change involves a variety of negative side effects and costs. Yeah, except you can't. A carbon tax that. forces people to take account of those costs. I think trying to appeal to people's social responsibility is really very, very hard because people have complicated lives and they have lots of things to worry about. They don't want to have to think about climate change every time they do every decision. They can't. Mm. Every time you turn on your car, are you supposed to think, "Uh uh-oh, what am I doing to the climate? What carbon tax does is it nudges them in the direction of doing the right thing. So let me get this straight. You're a Republican who wants more taxes. Well, one of the important things to keep in mind is that if you have a carbon tax, you can turn around and cut other taxes in response. For example, payroll tax. This is a tax shift rather yeah, than a tax increase. Yeah, that's what they'll increase. do, too. That's, sure. That's exactly oh, what will happen. That's exactly. They'll, they'll replace the income tax with the carbon tax. You know we won't have them both together. No. And they both won't skyrocket together that never well except in every single case that never happens right but uh, other than every performance time. is not indicative of future results Pat. Uh, who, who was so, that I, I don't know did we get the name of that uh, wow say, that's... I'll, I'll say this first of all it's interesting to see leonardo dicaprio get on board with the idea that taxing an activity makes it happen less because uh that's why you, you want to ri- rise in income tax um just think about what you're doing there before the flood, right? No, that's the name of the documentary. I'm saying, right. what's the name? What's the guy's name? Uh, the the expert they were just talking to, uh, yeah. Jeffy. will find out. Um, but the, the point is that that is a concept that conservatives believe, and, and he said he was a Republican. So I'm not surprised he does. Interesting to see Leonardo DiCaprio have get on board with that. Uh, secondarily, follow this to its logical conclusion. Let's just say Leonardo DiCaprio is right. So we raise carbon taxes. It lower the payroll tax, right? So mm-hmm. we get $500 billion from pay, c- carbon taxes and instead of the payroll tax. So this is obviously an effort to solve the t- problem of climate. Now, there's no indication that this would solve it at all, but let's just say it does. Okay, it works. People say, you know what? I don't want cars anymore that spew fumes. I want solar rollers. That's what I want. And they all buy solar rollers. Then what do you do for revenue? 
Because you've now taken all of the taxes away from something uh, like payroll that had to continue and put them on something that you're trying to solve. So when you solve it, where does the revenue come from? It comes from nowhere. Okay. So then you have taxes, no revenue from carbon tax, and no revenue from the payroll tax. What do you do? I assume the government just stops spending that money, right? They just cut government all across the board, and everyone's really happy because the budget is finally met. Either that, or they just raise taxes anyway, which is, of course, what they would do. Um, so, I mean, it's such a ridiculous BS standard that they know is false. The other part of this, though, is they also know that it won't work. It will not stop uh, the, whatever climate change uh, they are predicting. Um, you know, and this is by their own numbers. I mean, it's not going to make a difference anyway. Um, let's what? Oh, Gregory Mankiw, who is a guy who is, um, uh, he's quite smart uh, from Harvard. He's a guy who, uh, he used to write for, I used to read his blog all the time, and I want to say it was on the New York Times uh, page. Um, he's a smart guy, but he's not a guy that I not very smart on this issue. Agree, yes, me. agree with. Um, he's going along with the nudge system, which was, uh, what's his face? Um, uh, so yeah, Cass Sunstein. That's, that's his deal. The yeah, nudge people into doing the right thing. Well, pretty soon you're pushing them, and then pretty soon you're you're doing more than pushing, mm -hmm. and and that's that's what that leads to. So you don't start nudging people to do the right thing. That's not what government does. Leave us alone. Get out of our way. Let the free market handle this, which it has the whole time. Uh, you know, just because you have a flood doesn't mean. It was climate change. I mean, you can't compare it to smoking. They've, they've found that cancer is directly related to smoking. You can't now say that rainfall is directly related to climate change. You don't know that. We've had rainfall. We'll continue to have rainfall. We're always going to have floods. So right, and, and the other so thing too is ridiculous. the trend it's is not increasing. been proven. I mean, at least you could make the argument if the trend in tornadoes and droughts was increasing. It's not, uh, and we've you know we showed those graphs how many times? A million to, to the point of like a I billion. Can almost, I can almost draw it for you. Yeah, uh, we've showed them so many times on this show. Uh, the point is that you know you, you don't have much evidence of this. You have a lot of uh, theorizing. Much of that theorizing, even from recent history, has been completely wrong. I mean, over ninety-five percent of the models predicted more warming than we actually got. Uh, it kind of shows that maybe they have a problem with their estimates, but they don't see it that way. And, yeah. and like I don't, I, you know, I, I prefer the tax approach than the cap and trade or um, anything like that because people typically take taxes seriously. When you do like, oh, it's a, a cap and trade, they don't know what the hell it is, you know. But it's a tax. They actually will think about it, and you should go mm -hmm. with the tax. It's the most direct way. And by the way, economists do generally believe uh, to. Taking away the global warming aspect of this, do you want to cut carbon? If you tax it, it probably will. You probably will cut carbon, um, and that's what happens with taxes. When you tax mm -hmm. something, you get less of it. This is why we think taxing work is a bad idea, and vice taxes are something that occasionally conservatives will, will be okay with because when there's a clear negative consequence, people will get on board with it. I mean, smoking is is an example of that. Yeah, Alcohol is an example. When it's something of you it. breathe out, you're not going to agree yeah. that that's a, that's a negative. Though with uh, Jeffy, we've made know? the argument many times that we, he should stop breathing out. <laughs> well, and in. Well, and in. 
you know, but out. If yeah. somebody, yeah. one of the two should if, die. If someone, I don't know, like a human were to do that, though, they would, they would, they would die. Oh, but I mean, do you care about uh, yourself or the, or the, the whole, you know, humanity? You, you are know, so the selfish. Climate, the, oh my system. gosh, you were selfish. Uh, uh, we've got more of this oh, yeah, flood stuff, and we'll, but we're out of time. We'll, right. we'll come back and. and Catch up on it. All right, just so. try it now. You know what it helps is a plastic bag. Just if hold you your breath a plastic for bag over your head for. I don't see know, if you can do it for a day minutes. and a half. Yeah, I think it's gonna work out. You we'll, know, we'll we, save you. Obviously, it's just an experiment. But if you pass out or something, we'll just save you. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, just trust us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> about as robust a consensus about human-caused climate change as there is for any matter in science, be it the theory of gravity. 97% of climate scientists agree the globe is warming, our climate is changing, it's due to fossil fuel burning and other human activities. Unfortunately, we are fighting this massive disinformation I, okay, campaign st- to confuse the public. I, you I can't. The satellite I, data, we actually it, have there's as much more. scientific consensus on climate change as gravity. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I can't take the lies. Yeah. I just can't take the lies. I think we aired it on the show. I did a Wonderful World of Stew monologue, I think, last year about <laughs> that particular stat. And you just see that, like, it, it's... It's just it's it falls apart upon any investigation. Any investigation. Uh, but again, if you just show a graph with a bunch of people standing in one circle and three people in the other, it's I guess effective. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, but and we've explained this a million times. But this is so frustrating to me. I can't handle it. The, there's about as much consensus as uh, whether or not there's gravity as to uh, the catastrophic climate change. First of all. The question is usually, do you think the Earth is warming? And if you do, then you're in the consensus category. Yeah, or, or if does man have any effect on it? Um, and, you know, even skeptical scientists will say, all things being equal, there could be some effect. Could the be question some effect. is, is it catastrophic? How do you deal with it? Right. Uh, you know, how... So many factors right. go into That's it. That's the debate, though. I mean, and that, like they say, okay, they like, get you in on this very base level of, is it warming? And then they say, if you agree with that point then you're in their group and mm-hmm. their group however is not just about is it warming it's is it warming um can, is there anything that we can do about it is it man-made is it catastrophic um you know how do we deal and, and how do we deal with it and here's the plans to deal with it, it like so if you get into that ground floor over here you automatically agree with everything over here and it's a ridiculous standard i even challenge whether or not it's warming right now because it hasn't warmed for almost 20 years and then they keep saying wow, year what? after year that this is the warmest of yeah. all time. Uh, yeah, uh, even Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio in his uh, Oscar speech uh, that he gave after winning his Oscar for making the Reverend uh, said Revenant. that, uh, or, yeah, yeah. that uh, world that we collectively felt in 2015 as the hottest year in recorded history. That's, that's <laughs> such crap. <laughs> Climate change is real, pal. They had to move. Such they had to move crap. the production of that movie to the tip of the planet just to find snow. <laughs> okay, what what really happened was it did warm up in the little Canadian area where there was snow, and then it apparently warmed up enough to where the snow melted, 
And then in order to have the scenery look the same and have snow, they went to Chile or something. But are you kidding me? You couldn't find a place in Canada or Montana or I guarantee you the mountains of Utah have snow. Southern tip of this planet. No, I mean, I can tell you right now, oh, as, a, as a Canadian sports celebrity. Canada uh, has snow. Canada does have snow. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Um, you so. Know, so, I mean, I, I think... I can't believe he's trying to play the snow card because that's a stupid one to, to play. <laughs> Because it's going to be deluged somewhere this this winter, and then you're going to have to explain that dumbass comment. Uh, except nobody will ask him to. Nope. That's that's the problem. Uh, this is your chance to ensure that the next president of the United States will reside in the Douche Hall of Fame. On Monday, we're going a to... huge opportunity. Huge opportunity. Oh, my This gosh. is momentous. It is historic. It is unprecedented. Uh, Donald Trump is already in the Douche Hall of Fame. Uh, he's not in just fact, in it. He's uh, the grand nozzle. Yeah, he's the grand freaking nozzle. Grand nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame. So on Monday, we're having a vote. Uh, because we can't have a sitting president uh, go up for a vote yeah, in those the, are the rules. for the Douche Hall of Fame. But uh, Monday at what? We should do it now. 1 o'clock Central? No, 12 o'clock Central? Yeah, 1 Eastern. 1 Eastern, 12 Central, which makes it 11 Mountain and 10 Pacific. What about Hawaii? Uh, I think it's 3 in the morning. Uh, I think it's 3 in the morning in Hawaii. So if you're listening on radio and you do, and you normally hear the show on delay in the afternoons on radio, um, you need to co- go to theblaze.com slash the feed at, uh, at 1 o'clock Eastern. 1 o'clock Eastern. One Eastern. Um, Log in, because we'll be voting between 1 o'clock Eastern and one ten. Yeah, like somewhere that. in there. Log in, and you'll see the vote. The, you'll see the poll pop up, and then you can vote. Because it's obviously this is one of the most crucial things we've ever heard. Will this be a 100%? Will vote? Hillary Clinton go into the Douche Hall of Fame? And more importantly... Uh, will it be a 100% vote? Because that's never happened before. Correct. Never in our history have we had a 100% vote into the Douche Hall of Fame. Donald Trump came close. He got 99%. Mm-hmm. You got to get 95% just to get in. This is the type of incredible restrictions. Uh, that Let's just say, before. for instance, maybe she gets in. No, she, maybe she gets in. Now, that being the case means that we have the presidential election the following day, douche on douche. Yeah, it's douche on douche violence yeah, I mean, at that it's, point. It's not that, as interesting. It's a secondary uh, piece of interest. And I wonder, I wonder if it's possible maybe we should revisit, uh, revisit the fact that maybe we have uh, co-grand nozzles. That's interesting. Mm. I mean, here's my thing mm. on this. Is it a, can we make a, a person who is the president-elect the uh, grand nozzle of the douche hall of fame. Ooh. Now, Trump is already there. So if he were to win, he'd already be the douche hall of fame. I don't think we can mm-hmm. eject him just because of that. Although I would not Although, be. I mean, we've yeah. been the douche hall of fame grand nozzle for a while. I'm ready for probably a new one anyway. Um, but uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, if she were to win, can we get her to be the, the grand nozzle? Yes, because once you're in the douche hall of fame, you're automatically eligible to become that is true. the grand nozzle. That's yeah, true. but... 
if she's if she is the sitting president, you might not get that vote. What is happening to your voice? What's I have on? no idea. It's going away. It's gone. It's are, you, are you? Are you? Are you? So sick? many, so many functions of Jeffy. We've hoped to just stop. <laughs> I know. And and, and, the, and the, the speaking is the thing, though. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? I don't know. Uh, is it? Is the syphilis battling it with could, the gonorrhea could be right syphilis now? Syphilis and gonorrhea battling. Yes, yeah. I thought I was. It was a quick battle last week that lasted a few days, and now it's kicking back up again. Maybe it's the chlamydia conflicting no, with the no. syphilis and the gonorrhea? It could be. I don't know. We should look into that. Sometimes well, you should. One thing we're, gets we're framed not going up, to. and another thing happens. Uh, all right. Glenn had a, a fascinating story last night that he said we got wrong uh, four or five years ago in New York when we were there about this uh, Kurt Guerin movie that he made about Jews in this idyllic little city that they set aside for him where they were supposed to be, you know, they, they had all these activities and it was really fun. And look at, they've got all this music and, and we got orchestras and, and it's really a wonderful life for the Jews actually in this little town. Uh, here's a, a look at the man who made that movie. So Kurt Garon is this guy. He is... I don't know. I see him kind of like John Candy in a way. He's fat and gregarious and everybody loves him. At first in World War II, or I'm sorry, in World War I, he is, um, he, he's a decorated soldier. And he fights for Germany and, he, and he's a decorated soldier. He comes back and he decides he's going to be a doctor. But he's sitting in a nightclub one night, it's this place, uh, this uh, review called The Wild Stage, where they can just pick people out of the audience. And um, some actress sees this, you know, John Candy type sitting there on the stage and says, uh, you, come. So he comes up on the stage and he is immediately hooked. He is immediately intoxicated with the, with the sound of the crowd and the cheers and the applause and the lights and all of a sudden I'm somebody. And the crowd loves him. And the, the first thing that he is asked to do on stage, now this is like 1921, is to play in kind of a farce, uh, a parody of the fledgling Nazi movement. Uh, where um, everybody is making fun of the Nazis now. I mean, Hitler at this point is a total joke. And this is the beginning of the cabarets, where things just get bawdier and bawdier and bawdier. And so here you have this Chris Farley or Melissa McCarthy character that everybody loves. Everybody loves. And he just takes to it. And he takes to it full force. He he lives large. By 1927, he is in 27 films himself. He is perhaps one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star. He's not a leading man. I mean, he's a big he's a big fat guy. Um, but he he plays all kinds of roles. He's never the leading man. He's always number two. Uh, and but everybody loves him. I mean, like he has so much success. He's living on the nicest street in Berlin. He has now a lake house. 
um, you know, at Lake Svartsefors or wherever, and he is um, living it up, and people are coming to his lake house on the weekend, and they're, they're you know, living large. It's the Roaring Twenties in Germany, which is like Manhattan Roaring Twenties. Really intense. Biggest star, bigger ego. And this is where, this is his undoing. Um, his ego. I think when I tell his story, I think it's important to ask, what would you trade your life for? What? What is worth? real risk. He was really smart, but high on life. And such an egomaniac that he thought nothing would touch him. So by 1930, he's still making movies. He's directing. He can no longer just be an actor. He's not taking orders from anybody. He's Kurt Garon. I give the orders. And so now he's got the movie companies moving at his will. And he's drinking it in. But while he's drinking it in, he doesn't see what all of the citizens of Germany, the poison that they are now drinking. They are drinking the poison of hatred and bigotry, um, Dadaism is a big factor in Germany at this time. That's actually where the cabarets came from. Um, this idea right after World War I, the, see if this sounds familiar, the governments all over the world lied to their people and said, World War I's not going to be a big deal. It'll be over in six months. You'll be back before the springtime. Don't worry about it. Not a lot of people will die. And this one's important because it will change the world. And um, boy, did it ever change the world. But everyone on both sides changed. Individuals changed. They went dark. They realized their innocence was robbed. There, there were thousands of horses in World War I that died. Everybody brought their own horse. You know, you were working out in the field, you had a horse. You had a horse for your carriage. Everybody had a horse. You brought your horse. The slaughter just of horses was so intense, there was almost not a single horse left in all of Europe by the time World War I ended. And now the horse was a thing of the past anyway. And my nation state, which I thought would tell me the truth, no longer tells me the truth. And Germans are looking at things and saying, we're being punished for this. And we, we've, we've tried to negotiate in, 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 um, in, in good faith. But the Americans won't even let us negotiate. Wilson made sure we took the chair away from the Treaty of Versailles. We took German's chair away from the table. So when the German ambassador came in and said, gentlemen, is there a chair for me from Germany? Without even looking up, the American said, should have thought of that before you started a war. Collision course. And in the art world, something called Dadaism starts, which is this 
rebellion against everything. Everything. Nothing had value anymore. It was the um, the celebration of the ordinary. One of the first real art projects was just a urinal. Just took a urinal off the wall, turned it upside down, and said, "It's a water fountain." That's quintessential Dadaism. Taking the ordinary, even the obscene, and saying that's art. So people start moving into this, and then the cabarets get worse and worse and worse, and the and the lifestyle becomes more garish. Roaring twenties. Imagine coupling the Roaring Twenties, what we had here in America, with just Sodom and Gomorrah. That was the Weimar Republic in Germany until the 1930s. So people are starting to lose faith in absolutely everything, and yet they're just drinking it in, and they're watching Kurt Garan on film, big as life, every time they go to the theater. And he doesn't see that Germans now are saying, we need order. We need just to make it stop. In 1921, when he first did his little skit with the, with the goofy little Nazi, everybody laughed. Now, he's got a guy on set with him, his production manager, who he calls my little stormtrooper. Is my little stormtrooper here, yeah? Where is my stormtrooper? That's how he referred to a guy who happened to be in the Nazi party on his set. He didn't notice that no one was laughing anymore. They became very uncomfortable because there were Nazi spies now in the movie company, in the movie industry. And Kurt Geron was Jewish and stereotypical. He, all of his roles became the stereotypical bad Jew. He didn't put this together. 1933, he's on the set. The bell rings, action, it's a comedy. Um, and right in the middle of it, when that bell rings, now in studios, the doors lock. You can't get on a set, it's closed set. Back then, the doors didn't lock automatically, but the bell rang, the light was on, you don't come onto a set. All of a sudden, doors open in the middle of this comedy, and Kurt Garan, who is the director, is thinking to himself, who dares walk on my set in the middle of a shoot? Operative word, shoot. Stormtroopers. They very calmly walk onto the set, and the people who saw him said, Kurt's hands started to shake, and he started to sweat. And they said, all non-Aryans must leave now. And looked at him. He's the most powerful man in the room. He's one of the most powerful men in Germany. He's Kurt Garon. This is, this is Jimmy Stewart, Lionel Barrymore. This is the star of Germany. What? All non-Aryans out now. His life is over. Now he has no place in Berlin. No one wants him. No one, no one will ever make a film with him. Now he's cursed. Now he's lost all of his friends. No one will 
return his phone calls. No one will even look at him. No one. They may whisper towards him, but they won't be openly seen with a Jew. He realizes he has to give in and get out. He didn't have a place to work. Bothered him. Didn't have a place to live. Which I don't think bothered him as much as a place to work. But more importantly, he had no ability to make himself a star anymore. And that's what mattered. Where could he go? And become a star. Pretty amazing. Uh, and, you know, yeah. this is uh, now, what does he say? We're up to eight episodes on this now? Yeah. Um, so you can go back and watch all of these on demand uh, and kind of get the, the real story of some of the facet, most fascinating things that have happened in history at theblaze.com slash TV. And then once a week you get that um, that uh, show is on uh, history as part of Glenn's uh, 5 p.m. hour. Also, you have The Vault, which kind of does... Uh, similar but different uh, in a way that he goes back and look at historical items and, and tells those stories. Um, you know, people have always begged for more history from Glenn, and he's really you know, become dedicated to making sure that happens on the TV show. So if you don't get a chance to watch it regularly, please do, because you're going to get a lot of that stuff there. It's great. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the phone number. Um, let's talk to you for a second about uh, maybe the world you live in. The world you live in is not always so certain. There's sometimes hmm. some things that can happen. We know from Leonardo DiCaprio earlier in the program that most of the world will die in a fiery flood at any moment. Yeah, which is really terrible. But if you're not quite dead and you stay alive for a while, you're going to have to eat. Yeah, and my Patriot Supply uh, can help you get prepared to eat. Uh, you can get four weeks of easy-to-prepare food for $99. You, you got a whole month worth of food for under $100. And then, in whatever eventuality, y- you're ready for it. And that's just such a, an incredible weight off your shoulders. Jeffy spent $375 at the drive-thru at McDonald's just last week, one time. $375. That's four times what you can get for an entire, uh, what? You can't say no when they say if you want to upsize. I mean, you have to say yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You, you yeah. can actually say no. Yeah, that's a, not a rule. No rule mm-hmm. there. Mm. Huh. Yeah, no requirement. Yeah. Huh. Isn't that weird? Uh, all right. So call them today. 888 Somebody tweeted this the other day. It's like, I, I make sure I listen to every single commercial because I want to hear the Jeffy insults. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, thank you for tuning in uh, to hear us insult Jeffy. Yeah. Also go to preparewiththeblaze.com. Preparewiththeblaze.com. 888-411-5290. Go now. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. It is Pat and Stu. Hi. And welcome. It is uh, wonderful to have you. Guess there's a new Marquette poll coming out. We are waiting as they uh, as they as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. Uh, it happened the 26th through the 31st, which is one the only interesting piece we know right now. Um, and it's interesting. Marquette's one of the best pollsters uh, as far as quality goes. So you you kind of see what they have, and you take it pretty seriously. Uh, the polling world watches it closely. They um, th- their timing is a little bothersome though, um, not because they did anything wrong, but just because of the way the news broke. Um, the news broke on Comey on Friday, right? 
Friday was the 28th. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, their poll was the 26th through the 31st. So it's about split between uh, post and pre Comey. Right down the middle. Um, so uh, right. Know, down the middle. Let's say we yeah, we don't know the number yet, but uh, there might be a way to see this. If it's um, positive for Trump, I think you know Trump supporters will rightly consider it a real positive. If it's positive for Clinton, um, obviously Clinton supporters will like it, but Trump supporters will have a, a understandable a level of spe- skepticism because half the poll was taken before the FBI thing. It was right down the middle, right down the middle. I mean, almost it almost was almost yeah. Yeah, split it was in half. Five hundred forty-one likely voters on Wednesday, Thursday, pre Comey. Uh-huh. Right. One hundred fifty-seven on Friday when Comey broke. Okay. And five fifty-seven. That's on Saturday, exactly Sunday. what I'm saying. Right down the middle. Pretty man, close. Oh man, I pretty close. Uh, it works. is. Yeah. It is. All right. So we'll be. Uh, when are they going to have the results? A- any moment. I'm just. Ch- I'm All obsessively right. checking the Twitter feed right now. Okay. Margin of error. Um, uh, Plus or minus 44%? 44%. So right 44%. down the middle. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. <laughs> Plus or minus 44%. One of the best pollsters out there, Pat. They got it within 44%. That's very exciting. That's very, <laughs> it's very we exciting. We should just launch a poll and just be like, put our margin of error really high and just make up <laughs> yeah, results. we could do one like that. I mean, people would follow it. Yeah. Let's just start I bet one. they would. Patents do poll. Or they'll just call okay. it our uh, PSJ poll. Okay. We'll just call it like that. We want to know what it Plus is. Plus or minus... Uh, and we'll just make it plus or minus, like, you know, it's, we'll, just, we'll act like we're, it, it's usually like 3.9%. We'll just say we forgot the decimal. Yeah, 30 plus or minus 39%. 39, 39. We'll just put in like everyone, it's always close. <laughs> <laughs> it would be an interesting business model to act like a real pollster without actually doing the polls. And then just, <laughs> just release basically what everyone else has. There's actually accusations that some pollsters do this. There's something called herding, which is happens a lot, oh, H-E-R-D. ING, uh, that happens a lot towards um, elections where people will come out with results that are out of the mainstream and they'll be like, eh, it was kind of like fit them. Everyone else saying it's a three point race. Our poll says it's 11. Let's make it five. Um, and some people, they really? believe, um, act, some pollsters, and this is why a lot of them wow. get rated the way they do, but some pollsters, they believe, are even maybe not even legitimately doing polls. Like, legitimately are just releasing poll numbers that are similar to what everyone else releases. Um, it would be a fun business, though. We obviously have someone on staff here who's just not going to worry about the, mm-hmm. the moral implications of that. Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like you're offended we even mentioned morals. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Apparently, you know, he's oh. quarterback of the 49ers. Now, do you we have do the have results. results. Yeah, the right, results we, have come in here we'll real wait. quick. We're going to quickly Go take this. New, new Marquette Law uh, poll finds uh, in Wisconsin finds Trump leading, uh, or excuse me, Clinton leading Trump 46 to 40. About where you'd expect it to be. Um, Trump uh, was trailed by seven points. Is that nationally or is that just, just Wisconsin? Wisconsin oh, Marquette. okay. But, I mean, Wisconsin is right. in that row of states that I outlined on the, uh, mm-hmm. on the show today. And, and they're mm-hmm. uh, finding their, you would say, so this is the type of result I was talking about, which is like people will say, well, the Clinton people will be like, okay, we're still holding that lead. Trump people will say, well, half of it was before the freaking scandal. So it may have been eight or nine before the scandal, and now mm-hmm. it's six, so it's mm-hmm. going the right way for us. We don't know. They will, uh, I think, re- uh, release individual days. However, the margin of error are going to be kind of high on that because you're talking it's in plus one day. Plus or not, minus 39 points. Well, that's the PSJ poll. Plus or minus. Okay, sorry. Colin Kaepernick. All right. Uh, not a fan of the police, but apparently a, a pretty big fan of the Black Panthers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Why wouldn't he be? Why <laughs> wouldn't he be? During his team's bye week, uh, the 49ers quarterback hosted a free youth camp in Oakland called Know Your Rights. The program aims to teach kids about various important issues. 
higher education, self-empowerment, interacting with law enforcement. Hundreds of black and Latino children from the Bay Area attended. We're here today to fight back and give you all lessons to combat the oppressive issues that our people face on a daily basis. We're here to give you tools to help you succeed. We're going to give you knowledge on policing history, what the systems of policing in America were based on. And we're also going to teach you skills to make sure you always make it home safely. Yeah, how about... Is this the intro to Fat Albert? That's what it sounds like. How about... And you might not learn something, too. <laughs> Maybe one thing would be follow directions of the police officer. And, oh! Yeah, and don't spit in his face or... or uh, Hit him. Another important or, one. It doesn't say that specifically in the 10. No. Uh, well, another important one I'm sure they list there is uh, if you're a white guy, pretend you're a black guy for your career. Uh, you know, like uh, yeah. Sean King does. Uh, here he is in the picture with Colin Kaepernick. A white guy who Jeez. says he's a black guy when he is a white guy. Uh, and somehow has credibility within the black community. <laughs> that so is a weird. that is a, one of the strangest stories of all time. Well, Boy, yeah. no and one of these guys is just white, right? And the other guy isn't he half white? Isn't Kaepernick I don't half know. white? I'm not uh, sure. Kaepernick. I don't think he was adopted, right? So I'm not sure. Oh, that. okay. Uh, but uh, I know my rights is apparently. Uh, it was inspired by the ten point plan created by the Black Panther Party, uh, which is. It's always a good plan to go with a Black Panther party plan mm -hmm. look, and have, teach kids the Black Panther way. You have the right to be free. Right, okay. You have the right, right to, to be, be healthy. Free. Healthy, mm -hmm. yes. No, you don't. You have the right to be brilliant. Oh, okay. You have the right to be safe. Mm -hmm. Jeffy, do you have the right to be brilliant? You have the right... Yes. He has the right. He's uh, just not. Not executed. You know, you have the right not to be as well. You can choose. Interesting. Okay. choice. Yeah. Okay. You have the right to be loved. Mm. You have the right to be courageous. Mm. You have the right to be alive. You have the right to be trusted. I mean, this is obviously not true. You do not have the right to be alive. <laughs> you no. have the right Everyone to, dies. You have the right to be educated. <laughs> and uh -huh. you have the right... Coming in at number 10. Got number 10. You have the right to know your rights. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a Come on, no. Come on. That's a stupid list. That's a stupid list. Come on. Um, oh, yes. man. Uh, by the way, uh, more updates on this poll here as we kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, Senate race, um, one point. Ron Johnson, who was thought to be uh, out of it. Out right? of it. I mean, it, yeah. it was a le we had a leaning Democrat state, but uh, most people thought he, he, it was over for Ron Johnson. Now within one point there, which is very positive for him. Um, undecided and third-party voters are evenly split among partisan lines. So it's not pulling from Republicans or Democrats anymore. Um, again, another piece of evidence that never Trump is not a factor in uh, in, in this particular election. Um, Johnson or Feingold uh, in that race, 39 percent of Republicans, 38 percent Democrats, 23 percent independent. Same thing, basically, except a little bit higher in the Trump uh, race. So we'll keep you updated with uh, more as we get it. I, I'm hoping they have breakouts for the individual days so we can kind of see what the weekend was as opposed to. Um, what was before, but we'll see that uh, uh, coming up on the, from uh, Marquette as we get closer, because that is one of the big races. Wisconsin's one of them. You can pick up Wisconsin. He's got a real chance to win this thing. Mm -hmm. So, triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up momentarily. Be patient. Good golly. I mean, we just we haven't even left yet.
Pat and Stu. Still, by the way, over 700 degrees in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, November, what, 3rd? Is it the 2nd or 3rd now? 2nd. Yeah, this mean, is pissing me off. Uh, Leo told you about this earlier in the show. Yep. Pissing me off. I'm tired of it. Come on. No, I freaking love it. Already. I, I love it. Eat it! Out in shorts. Could we have autumn? For the love of heaven. No. Could we have autumn? Stay away. Give us fall, please. Minor cold front pushing through. Yeah, this is crap. It's going to go down to 79. Woo! I know, there's there's a front pushing through. Woo! A front pushing through, (laughs) dropping the temperature all the way to 79! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Bring a little rainbow Shut up. here. (laughs) Party! All right, anyway. uh, the weather. uh, Mental Floss says a uh, Dubai businessman. Paying $59 million for a license plate. No, I'm uh, sorry, $9 million. Just the nine. Just nine. Well, that's cheap. I yeah. thought it was expensive 59, at 59 was ridiculous. $59 I mean, million, that's too much. I, but I, $9 million, that's about right. I'd never spend over $20, $30 million on never, a license plate. Never. I mean, you know, maybe 35 for the exact right I'd one. I'd try to keep it under 10 So $9 million is fairly reasonable yeah, so. to me. Um, if you live in the United Arab Emirates, no luxury car is complete without an equally luxurious uh, plate. Property developer in Dubai recently burned through 33 million dirhams, or $9 million, at a government auction in order to secure a coveted plate bearing only the number five. (laughs) The number five, was that important to him? (laughs) Apparently. Ballwinder Sunny's extravagant purchase uh, doesn't even come close to the record price paid, though. In the UAE, in 2008, $14 million dollars and i guess that's a uh, pre-collapse <laughs> yeah yeah 14 million that's a lot uh people can buy and sell license plate Jeez. numbers as well as mobile phone numbers that's a great business by the way that should happen here you should be able to auction off your own your cell phone number and your uh and your license plate number that's awesome how weird is that though that you wanted the number five on your license plate so much that you were willing to pay $9 million for well, it. Jeffy wanted number 18. <laughs> uh, I got away cheap. He uh, wanted five? No problem. Yeah. Let him have it. <laughs> um, that's kind of an interesting one. I, I, don't, I, I would never... I, I, there's something... I have a negative... No offense to you if you're one of these people. But let you me don't f- like offend it. you for a minute. I <clears throat> have an instant negative reaction to someone who has a customized license plate. Like, I can't, I can't something... I don't know. Like I just, I, I have a, I, I judge them instantly. Mm. In what Am I way? the only one? In a negative. Like a, the, like they're a douchebag. Yeah, they, yeah, they're a, a douchebag. It depends on what they are. <laughs> I mean, it kind of depends on what they are. Like it doesn't matter what kind of car they have. Yeah, kind of. I, I like because I, if, if you're if rich, it's a vanity plate, you're a douchebag. I'm, I'm kind of there. They cost like twenty five bucks. Yeah, I know, but it's just like. No, they're more than that. I don't, I don't know how much, much they cost. I don't know how much they cost. I just yeah, the idea that, that you want to customize it was what bothers <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> really? Now, of course, there are a bunch of things that you could customize it to that instantly make you a douchebag. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know. I an example. Like, if, for example, Jeffy, Jeffy's uh, behind Jeffy right now is an example. If 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 it's an abbreviation for pimping ain't easy, <laughs> like you're a douche, right? Like instantly. But mm-hmm. even if it's something nice. Like, I don't know, it's like your kid's name. I immediately just have this, like, cringy reaction to it. Hmm. Even the cute ones? Like, uh, I know someone that has, uh, uh, I talk to you. Yeah, like, that really, even now, after I've discussed it, it still really bothers me that you said that. Because I got a picture of the two of you. Yeah, he's a radio guy, so it's I talk to you. Uh, I just don't like it. 
And I, I mean, I, again, it, this is not based on anything rational. I understand that. This is why I'm admitting it. I think it's kind of okay. Uh, amusing. Who has that douchey plate? I talk to you. I talk to you. <laughs> who? That's Jack who? Harris, man. Oh, okay. and I love Jack. I love Jack. We love him. Had that uh, you're, 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 that you're, plate for like 30 but years. Jack, come you're on, just proving, you're just proving my point here. By, but I, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying he's had that license plate for like 30 years. Yeah, and I, I, really? I didn't always feel like this. Yeah. But I, there's something about going to get your license plate and like having to fill out an extra form in which you're you're doing something. Cutesy and like making some weird. And trying to statement. come in, you got to figure it out too, because if, if if it's already taken, you're done. It's like a Twitter name. Oh, really? It's like a Twitter handle. Yeah, I mean, if it, you got to figure it out, that's why you get the cute little number like two you, and you oh, and, right. and uh, oh yeah. Oh, you're saying I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like if you fill it out wrong, you get nothing. Oh yeah, no, no, no. You can keep trying, I assume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just something about it that bothers me. I don't know why. Mm. It's not. It's not. Again, it's not rational. No, I, there's a lot of things that we believe in life that Absolutely. just aren't based on anything, and that's no. All, all my things are rational, totally rational, and, <laughs> really? and based in in hardcore, firm reason. So, yeah. you are you? Do you believe that they're not douchey <laughs> if they have their? I don't, I don't think they're necessarily douchey. I think that's probably if they have, fair. I yeah. mean, that's probably fair. I'm just saying how I react. They could to be it. though. It's like, oh, it's like, it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I just picture some guy just like, oh, this will be really, this will make all the people laugh. He's writing in little boxes. No, it's not yeah. you know what? You know what is douches? Is everybody who has a bigger house than me. Oh, really? Yeah, that shouldn't be. <laughs> They're douches. If they have a bigger house than me, if they make more money than I, I do. I hate those people. Don't you hate them? Don't I you hate do. Them? You must hate yeah, everybody. You hate pretty them. close. Yeah. There's not a lot of people. <laughs> I think that there should be equal wealth distribution. Yes! How many times have we said this? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you just equal the playing field, right? Just level it. Just, just level, level the playing it field. and equal it, and then everything's fair. Everything's fair. Right? right down the middle. Right down the middle. Everything's fair. It's all fairness. Because weren't we all guaranteed equal outcomes in this country? Yes, that's yes. what the Constitution says. It you have a says, right to health. It says all men are created equal, and that I assume remain equal throughout the course of their lifetime. <laughs> That's not in there, but it's, it, <laughs> but it might I as well just be. assumed <laughs> it was it's an part of it. It's called it's, so, what, it's what scholars call the constitutional assumption. Yes, um, they what they meant to say was you're born and you're and you stay. stay that way. They just didn't equal. put it in there. They thought it was obvious. Well, it, it is obvious. It just takes up too much room to say. All men are created equal and stay equal throughout the course of the... That's too much. It's too much. It's too takes too long. And they had to write all that stuff out. They didn't have a word processor. No, and that's why. I mean, that's look, you're going to hand cramps. Look. Yeah. I mean... So, you can't have that. Um, what they, they did not also have was um, uh, the Butterball helpline. <laughs> they did not have it. <laughs> that's why a lot of those people are dead. Yeah, I mean, if they had that's that, maybe exactly they'd be helped. Right. And, uh, and a lot get... of those early early colonists are dead now because the Butterball helpline wasn't there to help them. Butterball sells a billion pounds of turkey uh, each year, um, and they every every since ever since 1981, the company has set up a hotline for emergencies. One eight hundred Butterball. Service available 24-7 from November 17th to November 24th this year. Mm. They have 50 pros to tackle over 100,000 phone calls every holiday season. That's a high rate of calls. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they've been expanding this for years. I, I, uh, Jeffy, you had mentioned that you could call and, and make friends with the people. You can. Uh, okay, but, you you mentioned mean, Jessica? Well, last year was Jessica. Yeah. I mean, I always have a question. Sometimes the... Uh, for instance, a couple years ago, mm -hmm. the... The little gun popper mm -hmm. didn't pop up. Uh-oh. And I felt like it should have popped up already. 
So and so, you, did you call? God, they must hate you. <laughs> they must hate your, their lives. And they get calls from Jeff. Yeah, I got the popper in the in the. I got the popper in the popper. I think it should have popped. But it hasn't it popped. It didn't pop. What do I do? Uh, how long has it been in there? Eight minutes. Keep it in there. Okay. Come <laughs> back in forty minutes. hours. Like it, I felt like it should have been popped. Up, you right? felt like it felt like it should have popped. And up. so, what do they say? You're, well, you pretty much covered it. They said I need to leave it in there a little bit longer. <laughs> do you remember uh, as a kid? Because I remember you know, holidays. I was always at my grandparents' house, and there was always some big emergency like yes. the food. Um, and it was always, it, it was never really a big deal, but my grandma was very worried that everything would be perfect for every holiday. So it was always very stressful. Time the green beans. Yeah. Just with the turkey. Everything's out. And she had three ovens working. She had, you know, nine, the sides are being like, they were pre-made and pre-cooked. Then they, she put them in like all timing so they'd all come out at the right time. That is work, man. I mean, last year we did, uh, you know, we just started ordering stuff. Like we went down to like the the the, the fancy, you know, the, the neighborhood fancy grocery store. Lots of neighborhoods have the fancy grocery stores here. What's the one? Uh, Eatsies is the one around here, and you can go and you get all sorts of uh, like pre-made stuff. And so we just ordered mm-hmm. like ninety-six things off of that menu. And, and at one point, Lisa's like, "Do we really need all of, all of these sides?" Maybe. It's like, well, my theory is. If I want it and it's not there, that's the worst thing that can happen on, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if we have too much, that's not really a negative on Thanksgiving. So what? Then you eat it the rest of the weekend. But the right. idea that we would order something, like we, the idea that we would say no to a particular food that I might want to consume, even if it's the longest possibility, uh, lo- the longest of long shots. Uh, I mean, why would we do that? You just did that work out really well last year? Because I know you, you. It was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. yeah food wise, yeah, it's good. I mean, um, uh, you know, obviously home cooking is home cooking, and you know, if you have someone who knows how to do it, it's it's always. Well, I never forget. Yeah, what but it takes a long time. Yeah, it's a lot of effort. I want to. I want to free up my wife and myself because I I help, and I just don't want to have to do it all day long. Right. I mean, especially at Christmas, uh, we're always in the kitchen cooking all freaking day, and it. I'm tired of that. Yeah, I for that, I mean, 100% it was great. This year I said, you know what, we're going to, instead of doing that long cooking thing that we always do, I, I'm going to barbecue steak. That's what we're going to have. We're going to have steak for Christmas dinner. And for, for Thanksgiving, I don't know what to do, but I'm tired. I don't even like turkey that much. It's just that, you know. That it's traditional. It's traditional, and um, you have to have it for some reason. Now, does uh, Jackie, typically the one that prepares the Worth- Worthington protein loaf? Is that is she actually that no? Gig? We don't. Uh, we don't really typically do the Worthington. You guys go to protein. No, we actually oh, have an actual turkey was... with meat. Huh. You know, like an animal, like it was killed and and it's been. Is that tempeh? No, or is that no quinoa? It's an actual turkey with a, like legs. I don't think I'm. You know, and <laughs> like legs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got some Worthingtons coming up here soon. I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the holiday season brings Worthington's protein loaf to my home. Uh, and, and I think everyone is excited. A, that's an ad for them. Huh? Oh, home for the holidays is Worthington's protein <laughs> loaf. Mm, Man, you, know, you don't want to call it that. You just don't want to call it that because that does not sound appetizing. Really? Although that's what it is, right? Yeah, it's no, a protein it's something loaf. like that, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just pretty good, though. You had it. Protein you had it. No, it wasn't it was bad with the, with, with the gravy the or whatever yeah. stuff. It wasn't it's bad. It's pretty good. Actually, not bad. It's pretty good. Shockingly not bad. Yeah. But I need to get some more. I don't know where the heck to get it. 
I it's, thought you uh, had it's the, difficult to acquire. I thought you had the had neighborhood in, place. No, it's definitely not in the new. There's a place about an hour and a half away that has it. Um, but an I, hour I, and a half away? Yes. Well, what the hell? I mean, the house is what? I mean, well, I live that far away anyway, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I mean, your commute. I should actually have you. It's probably near you. I should have you pick it up for me. Oh, there's nothing I want more than to yeah, do I, a little you know shopping what? for you. Could you give me a list? That'd <laughs> yeah. be great. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Is no, that true? There's nothing you want more? Me. Just text it to me. I'd be wow. happy to get it for you. Okay, great. That's wow. It's gonna save me a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Jeffy. That's yeah, great. my feet are like wings for you, Stu. Oh my gosh, that's, that's really sweet. Isn't it? Oh, that's really sweet. what I expect. I was just hoping to get the the, the <laughs> protein loaf, but uh, hey. oh no, no, send me the whole list of what <laughs> you need. Wow. Wow. wow, that's oh, that's so. I don't I, want hey, the you holidays, to be with that. Oh wow, the holidays brings out the best in all of us, I guess. Pat. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jeffy, for that. That's very nice. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> all right, triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the phone number. Back with more in just a second. Really, your feet are like wings. My feet are like wings for Stu. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that, well, but huh. Yesterday, we tried to get in the international, this new movie called Life. And I, I love sci-fi. Uh, and this looks like a pretty good sci-fi movie. You actually don't like sci-fi movies. No, I like stuff like this. Typically. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, there, I have weird limits on what I can deal with. But this one looks like it would be good. What are, what are your limits on... Uh, uh, well, on movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, anything pre-World War II, I generally don't like. You don't like. Um, so anything before that, I So sci-fi, much... what's your rule on that? Sci-fi is... Uh, I, I, I would say I generally like sci-fi. I don't like mm-hmm. superhero. Um, so those are two different genres uh, to me. Um, but, but like Star Wars, Star Trek, I kind of generally speaking like. Okay. Um, uh, Did you like The Martian? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah? I, I wasn't like, oh my God, that was the greatest thing of all time. Interstellar? Did you like that? I didn't that? see Interstellar still. Oh, okay. I never wanted, I wanted to see it badly. Yeah, it was um, pretty I good. like Contact. Oh, um, I love that It's a classic. Love that movie. Uh, yeah, like so. I I, I generally think uh, sci-fi I like. There is a weird like you know I like even Guardians of the Galaxy, which is kind of a combination of those two. That's, I liked. That's a fun movie. Um, so like I, I think hard I, not to like that. So one. I, I'm pretty much on board with sci-fi. I didn't like okay. uh, what was the one where they were out at the space station, kind of floating gravity. Oh, I you did. Gravity was like my eh. wife doesn't like that either. She's was, bored with it. I, I thought it was pretty riveting. One I liked time, it. yeah, one the first time for Gravity was good. Yeah, I, I it's not a movie you want to watch over no. and over and over again because there's two people in it. Period. Yeah. And one for much of the movie. Yeah. One person. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty amazing, though, that Sandra Bullock pulls that off pretty well. I mean, I mean, she's not bad to look at during the movie. She's not terrible. She's not terrible. I mean, if you had to look at one person for well, that Well, I'd rather it be somebody oh. else, but, you know, whatever. It's probably not a good thing for you to be talking about when the camera's on you. I mean, people don't want to... <laughs> Why? Uh, nothing. Let's watch the uh, trailer. This is the new trailer. Anyway, life. life. Yes. Uh, members of the space station find a new life form. Here's what happens. In part. This isn't the probably movie. more than this. <laughs> <laughs> In part. No man can fully grasp how far, how far. And how fast we have come. There is no strife, 
Ryan no Reynolds prejudice. is in everything now. No mm -hmm. national conflict. I think it's a rule. <laughs> if you make a movie, he's got to be in it now. Its conquest deserves the best of all mankind. And its opportunity for peaceful cooperation may never come again. That's it. primary goal has been achieved we're looking at a large single cell biological i'd hate to jump the gun but i think it's time we're looking at the first proof of life beyond earth mm -hmm. finally a daddy it's gonna be a big custody battle over this one that's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful We ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Continue to be a wow. pioneer in the new frontier of space. That's good. Memorial, Memorial Day. That's Day. A long wait. Yeah, long wait. Jeez, that's almost a year from now. Yeah. But that looks great. Yeah, that looks fun. It does. How can something so teeny hurt so much? You that's know? the. That's you the, would think you'd just be able to squish it. That's the part right? of the movie that they didn't show you. In the show. No, they didn't show you that part. What happens to all those people? They don't show you that part. That's why I said. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what happens in part. Like, it wasn't everything. Right. Like, it would be know? a bad trailer so. if at the end they said, by the way, these four people died. Uh, <laughs> these <this person> live. <laughs> and here's why that little teeny thing hurt so much, because he actually tunneled inside the guy's body and took him over. Right. Or whatever. Jeffy? By the way, someone uh, very interesting tweet, perhaps my favorite tweet of the day so far. All right. Um, I expected Jeffy to say, you know what goes good with Worthington's protein loaf? Milk. Milk. <laughs> but was terribly disappointed. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was too concerned with picking up Stu's groceries. Yeah, that was an important element hey, in what? that uh, discussion. Because so your feet are like wings. Sometimes I have, yeah. I have th negative things to say about Jeffy. Uh, but when, oh, I've never what? heard it. Really? When? Well, I mean, I don't Who say them out loud. Have you ever said a bad word about that fat I don't, guy? I don't say anything about uh, that him. That fat slob? Yeah. Did you say something bad no, about him? No, I don't say things that are bad about him. I'm <laughs> after, I offered, <laughs> after I offered to pick up the groceries for you? No, what I'm saying is it's so nice of you to do that, and especially you're doing it with such enthusiasm. Oh, please, text me the entire list. I don't want you to go without anything. <laughs> Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> it is nice. Oh, man. Thank you. You wouldn't you. expect that. Jeez, uh, I, I, I learn something new every day. It's really something.